And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Rebounds are one of the most chaotic situations in soccer, but they lead to their fair share of goals. John Muller is here to break down how some players manage to be so good at burying them. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Monday, May 9th. All right, it is Monday, and I have John Muller here with me. We're going to talk about uh, something that's kind of an ever-present thing in soccer, no matter what kind of soccer, and that is rebounds. People love to score off them. People love to maybe sometimes not score off them. <laughs> They're one of uh, soccer's more chaotic, interesting plays. And John, uh, last month you wrote a piece called How to Score Off of a Rebound, and it's all about sort of the various factors that go into players that are very good at it, what makes a rebound especially likely to be scored off of. And I thought of this piece this past week because in the CONCACAF Champions League final second leg, Nico Ladero scored, I want. I guess you could call it the ceiling goal. It was the third goal in a 3-0 win and a 5-2 aggregate uh, victory. So it was really the, the, the most ceiling of ceiling goals uh, against Pumas. And he scored it off of a rebound. Um, so, you know, we can come back to that goal in particular. But I just wanted to run through real quick uh, sort of some of the things you learned while writing this piece. But first of all, I have to ask, what caused you to look to look all this stuff up? What 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 piqued your curiosity about rebounds in the first place? Alex Oxley Chamberlain. So, uh, so Tom Warville did this this interview with uh, Ox last summer where. I think they, they were kind of looking at some stats together and talking about, you know, various aspects of, of Ox's game for the our My Game and My Word series, which usually produces some really interesting stuff. And there was one little section in there where Ox was praising Ntigvani's movement. And he, he said, you know, the, the fact that the ball just tends to fall to him in the box, like that's not an accident. The best players, they, they do something different or they think differently or they anticipate differently. Um, and, you know, they make that little run 20 times a game. And all that stuff, like, sounded intuitive to me as, as you know, just a person who watches soccer and not as a person who plays soccer because I don't ever score. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, like, there, there are things that, like, intuitively you would be doing. On the other hand, like you said, like, rebounds are super chaotic and they're just kind of, like, a really random seeming part of the game. And they're, like, relatively infrequent. So I was curious, is, is it really true or, like, is it true in a way that we can measure that people who are good at rebounds are good at rebounds, you know, in some different way. Like, is this really a skill or is it just like you hang around the box enough and like rebounds fall to you? So I dug through some data. I watched a lot of video. I tried to see like, was there anything really concrete that I could learn? And, you know, maybe there was, I, I tried to pull out a few bullet points at least. Yeah, you did. Uh, you, you kind of landed on a few different factors that maybe are worth considering when you're analyzing 
a, a rebound or a rebound situation. And I'm just, let's just run straight through them one by one here. The first one that's listed in the story, uh, take the shot before the rebound, aka, I guess, the shot that leads to the rebound, the shot that is rebounding close to the goal with the outside foot. Yeah. Explain. Like how did you deter- how did you determine this? <laughs> so so like my first thing was like if if I try to imagine a rebound, like the first thing that comes to mind is like, you know, you're kind of curling a shot from distance and the goalkeeper is diving and he like barely tips it away. And and like that's that's just kind of how I imagined it, right? So I I decided to test it. Is that where rebounds actually come from? And it turns out they're not. Rebounds come from shots that are 25% closer to goal than the average shot. Um and I think that that you know, once you hear it, you can kind of reason out like why that is, is just that like, if you're shooting from farther away, the goalkeeper has more time to react. He can tip it off to the side where you're not going to rebound it. You can catch it. If you're shooting, you know, almost point blank, the goalkeeper's just trying to stop it with any body part and it kind of bounces off random directions. And like, so it helps to shoot close to goal, but it also helps to shoot with the outside foot, which was something that I wasn't really expecting. And I don't even really remember how I decided to start looking at this, but, uh, if, if you're shooting from the right side of goal, you want to shoot with your right foot. If you're shooting from the left side of goal, you want to shoot with your left foot if you're trying to produce a rebound. Now, of course, that shouldn't be your goal. Your goal should be to score with your shot. But but sure. these are the kinds of shots that tend to produce rebounds. So, again, it's not that kind of inverted winger, like curling one in shot. It's the natural winger shooting with his right foot, probably going for power more than for placement uh, that tends to produce a rebound that, that leads to a shot. I think if you think about it geometrically, it, it does make a lot of sense that it would that it would be the outside foot that would produce that sort of rebound. Uh, I should have asked this earlier, but when we were talking about rebounds, are we talking purely any kind of rebound at all, or just off the woodwork, or off the goalkeeper, or off a defender, or how are we how are we defining this? Yeah, so it's been a minute. Uh, I don't remember the exact definition. It's definitely like it's it's shots that come off of the goalkeeper or the woodwork. Um, okay. and, and then lead to a shot in the next like, uh, like five or six seconds and five or six actions. But as it turns out, and we'll talk about later, like you're really only interested in the first like one or two actions. Right. Uh, so the next point that you make is that for the person that's coming on to the rebound, you want to arrive between the penalty spot and the six yard box. John, I have to say this seems fairly obvious. <laughs> Again, like, you know, some of these things seem obvious and then you got to check them. And then sometimes there's something interesting in there. Um, I, I think that it was maybe possible for me to imagine that like rebounds, because keepers are taught to tip it off to the side, right? So sure. maybe rebounds are coming to the side uh, more often. Uh, as it turns out, at least for the ones that lead to shots, that's not the case. When they tip it to the side, it tends not to lead to a shot. Because again, it's not a good area to shoot from. So it is, yes, intuitive that like if you're going to get a shot from a rebound, ideally it's going to be from the center goal, and certainly those are the ones that you're going to see, you know, rebound goals scored from. Well, I think it also there's there's a tendency to remember more the the spectacular uh, goals, which there I can think off the top of my head of a couple of spectacular goals that are off of rebounds. Either a goalkeeper punches out something or it comes off the woodwork, comes right out to somebody on the outside of the box, and they're able to just rifle it in which is always a, a very satisfying sort of sort of situation to, to see a goal happen. I guess the extreme Paul Scholes here mainly. Paul Scholes. I, I was I yeah. immediately thought of that like uh, Ibra bicycle kick, you know, where the, the sure, keeper exactly. like, came way out, like punched it. It was yeah. like, you know, maybe 30, 40 <laughs> yards away. Just, yeah. Uh, random stuff does happen. Like KDB scored a really nice screamer off a rebound that I highlighted in the article. That uh, again, like it, there just happened to be a very narrow lane where he could shoot it and, it's just, it's just again, like if the keeper's successful in parrying the ball 20 yards away from goal, it's a lot harder to get a rebound shot. 
same with off to side. So you want to just get in that spot between the penalty area and the goal and just, just wait there and just hope for the best, basically. One thing I was very surprised to, to read in this piece, uh, John, is that while generally left-sided players are more likely than right-sided players to score goals generally in the game, right-sided players are far more likely to score rebounds than left-sided players. And now that I say that out loud, it actually doesn't seem that surprising because, you know, if left-sided players are taking more shots because they are scoring more goals, then it would make sense that geometrically those shots might rebound and come out like, you know, like you imagine a, on a pool table or something, like a ball rebounding off the, off the wall and coming out the opposite way. Is that sort of what you found uh, contributes to this to this likelihood or are there other factors here? Yeah, so I think the main thing that's going on here is that most players are right-footed and most players want to shoot on their dominant foot. Uh, most left-wingers are right-footed because there's, you know, just this surfeit of right-footed players. Uh, most right-wingers right -wingers are more of an even split between right-footed and left-footed players. Uh, yep. So what, what happens is I think it's easier to shoot from distance. And when players shoot from distance, they like to shoot with their uh, kind of inverted foot, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, and, and when they shoot uh, closer to goal, they like to shoot with their natural foot, if that makes sense, their outside foot, basically. Sure. Uh, okay. So, so, so anyway, so what happens is left-sided players shoot and score more most of the time because left-sided players get to use their right foot to shoot from distance. However, uh, on, re on rebounds, that reverses, and the share of the XG that right-wingers get uh, from rebounds is like 5, what did I say, 5.7%, I think, or 5.2%. Yeah. 5 anyway, above 5% right of, of the XG that right-wingers get is coming from rebounds, and that's a lot, uh, whereas left-wingers are the lowest share of the XG of any position. So the, my, my brain is not like <laughs> producing words rapidly enough to speak. Okay. Right, right wingers get the most, the highest share of their XG from rebounds. Left wingers get the lowest share of their XG from rebounds. So, uh, yeah. Please ask me another question because my, my brain just broke in the middle of that sentence. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, this one I think is a little bit more simple. Chase your own shots. Chase your right? own shots. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of like every penalty I've ever seen that's been saved and then immediately put back in. I, I would imagine this contributes a lot to this uh, particular phenomenon. Nineteen percent of all rebound goals uh, come from guys chasing their own penalty and putting it back in. That makes sense. You know, that's a super easy situation to score from. Uh, but also like open play shots. And again, this was something that only really seems obvious after you look at the data. Because normally, again, when I picture a rebound goal, I'm picturing like, okay, one guy shooting on the left, I'm running from the right, I'm trying to get that that ball that's tipped away. But like we said, like 
rebounds really come from shots that are close to goal that, you know, kind of the goalkeeper is trying to stop at point blank and it's bouncing off of any body part. So I think one thing that really separates guys who are good at scoring off rebounds is that they don't switch off after they shoot the ball and they're thinking like, where is this going to go to? And, you know, it's, it's the same thing that you see in basketball, right? Like good shooters will immediately right. go for their own rebound because they kind of have a feel for where it's going to go next. They're close to it. Same deal with, with shooting in soccer. In this, in this uh, sort of same vein, the last two points that you bring up are starting your run before the shot, which makes sense. You know, you want to be in position to, to, to actually bang in the rebound and finish quickly, finish fast. Uh, what, what did you find sort of under those uh, data points, I guess? Yeah, so uh, you want to start your run before the shot because, like, one of, one of the interesting things is I... I kind of turned the video for this section and I said, like, like, what are these guys actually doing to get in position? And it's actually hard a lot of the time to tell whether a player is trying to move for a rebound or whether he's trying to move for like an early cross. And I think that those yeah. movements essentially look the same. And if you're good at doing one, you're good at doing the other. So it's not necessarily about making intentional rebound runs. It's just about making those really well-timed runs that are going to get you in front of the defender at the time that the player releases the ball, because you can't really predict whether your teammate is going to play in an early cross or whether he's going to go for goal. And you just have to make that run and hope for the best. And so you'll, you'll see these runs that where it looks like, okay, this guy, you know, he read this rebound perfectly, but really, you know, he's just, he's doing the run and the ball happens to fall to him. Uh, so I think what you want to do is, is always make those runs, right. Try to wind up in between the penalty area and the goal ahead of your defender. And sometimes the rebound will fall to you. I think that that's really as far as it goes on the skill side, uh, and yeah. really, that's probably all that Ox was saying with Cavani is that like he's making those runs, whether it's for a rebound or not. Uh, you know, he's just getting there ahead of the defender at the at the right moment when the ball's released. And then he's the last active. thing he's is, buying into it. Yeah, he's he's buying into it. Yeah, you're you're not just kind of standing around watching your teammate shoot and then maybe reacting to the rebound. You got to make the initial run to beat the defender, and then you can try to adjust like in the last second after you see the goalkeeper touch it. Sure. And then the last thing is that after you get the rebound, like. I thought maybe like a lot of these rebounds are falling to a guy who kind of looks for an open teammate and taps it to him, or like maybe it kind of gets circulated and that just doesn't happen that much. Or at least when it does happen, it doesn't lead to goals, right? Don't get fancy with a rebound, hit it first or second time because the the number of goals that are produced from rebounds is like up in the hundreds for one action or two actions after. And by the time you're down at three or four actions, it's just like almost never happens. Now, John, taking all this in mind, uh, now that I've thoroughly <laughs> broken your brain, having to <laughs> having to read through all these all these sort of different points having to do with rebounds, were you thinking about any of them in particular as you watched Nico Ladero put the finishing touch on Seattle Sounders' uh, win over Pumas in the CCL uh, yeah, last so week? I went back and watched the goal when we like said we were going to talk about rebounds today, and uh, yeah. I, I tried to see like you know were, were any of these things applicable. And what happens is, I think it's Jordan Morris, right? Comes in on the right yeah. side. He, he's through the back line. Uh, Jordan Morris, I don't know. Is he naturally right, right-footed? He yes, plays on the right a lot. So. Yeah, he's, he's a yeah. right-footed right winger. Yeah. Um, so he shoots with his right foot, like we talked about, his outside foot. He shoots close to goal. He shoots for power. He's not trying to curl it. He's not trying to place it. And the keeper just kind of dives and, and gets a hand on it and bounces off the keeper's hand, off the work doesn't hit Raul Ruiz Diaz, who's the striker, who's actually like in what you might think is a better position for rebound, but he kind of over pursues. He goes a little too close to goal. Whereas Lodero, who's making the back post run, uh, he comes in, he gets in that kind of area in between the penalty spot and the six yard box, and he 
he slows down just a little bit, right? He pauses just for a second. And if you look at the heat map of where rebounds are scored, like he's right there in the middle of the like area that lights up and he, you know, he, he reads the keeper's deflection. And I think that's when he starts to slow up and the work bounce falls to him and it's a little bit lucky, but in terms of like the things that you can control to get there for a rebound, I think Ladura did it perfectly. Well, I can't wait for the next rebound to be scored that I see because I, I, this entire conversation is just going to be rushing back into my brain and I might need to hit you up again. But until that point, John, thank you so much for coming on Soccer Every Day today. Always fun. Thanks. Before we go, your TV guide for today, as usual, all times are Eastern, and as you might expect for a Monday, it's a pretty light one. Two games at 2.45 p.m. The first one in League One, it's time for the playoffs, the second leg between Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland. That will be on ESPN+. Plus. Love those playoff games. We don't often name specific games in divisions that are not the top division in whatever country they are, but it's hard to resist playoffs. Anyway, in addition to that, in Serie A, Fiorentina hosting Roma at 2.45 p.m. That game is on CBS Sports Network and Paramount+. Plus. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. And hey, by the way, Soccer Every Day is now on YouTube alongside all of our other great podcasts like Allocation Disorder, Full Time with Meg Linehan. I'm sure we'll be doing some more fun video stuff there as the year goes on, but you should subscribe now. The link for that is also in this show's description alongside John Muller's article about rebounds. Thanks for listening and happy soccer to you all. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.